The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Mayakoba Championship. And joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to have you. Good to be here. It's always a great day when the Falcons beat the Saints. Even though it was nasty looking, they came through with a W. So uh, yours truly is in a good mood. There were a lot of strange outcomes in the NFL <laughs> on Sunday. So it was, ugh, it's it's crazy. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg! Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you, too. Uh, crazy day in the NFL. Some bizarre games going on. And in golf, it was not crazy. It was, you know, our expected winner and uh, our, our our friend Vic Hovland getting the job done. So congratulations to him. Victor Hovland wins the Mayakoba Championship and successfully defends his title. It was a Sunday 67 in what, Mark? Turned out to be a little bit of a route. At one point, this got to a five-shot lead on Sunday. It finishes four shots clear of the rest of the field. And we know that he was uh, dealing with a little adversity, new driver shaft, had a bad break off a sprinkler head earlier in the week. This this could have been a lot better for Victor. Yeah, it was it was complete. And, and I've got to say this. I'm going to go on the record and I'm going to say this because I know from when I first saw Colin Marikawa play, in college, I was like, this boy is special. He's proved it. He's won multiple majors. He's he's sort of been the class of this young crew that has come out here recently, obviously comparing him to Victor Hovland and to Matthew Wolf, amongst others. But I got to tell you, the way Hovland played today, I know the golf course was easy and it wasn't major championship type stuff. But when you go in there as a defending champion, there's added pressure. And when you have the adversity, like, look, the guy broke his driver shaft on a golf course where you have to drive it well. And he picked up a backup and hit the thing like, like God, really. I, I, for a little while, thought, wait a second. I don't think Marikawa has outdistanced himself that much. Sure, he's won some big events. But Victor Hovland, to me, looked absolutely complete. It's always it is irons great. We know that. We know he can drive the ball well, but everything else started to fall into place. And it looks like he's gaining this momentum. And man, the way he putted coming down the stretch, that is what major champions do. So uh, I'm so keen to see what happens for with him as we now venture farther into the season. Now with three wins under his belt. 
Absolutely. I, I don't necessarily love to compare Colin to Victor, but I think it's a, a great point to make here, Greg, because Morikawa, he was just boom, right, right out of the gate, you know, winning, winning major championships. Victor, he, he just seems to be getting better, right? We know the short game and the around the green play is a place that he struggled with. The stats bear that out. He's told us that countless times. You're seeing strong improvement there. You're seeing the putter continue to get more consistent. His forearms look way more massive than I've ever seen before he just seems like he's growing into not only his body but his game right now yes and and he has a, a makeup to allow that to happen because the full swing has been so reliable and there's there's nothing that needs to be changed there which is quite obvious again as mark said statistics bear that out he is an elite ball striker on the pga tour no question about it and when you have that kind of foundation and you have these areas like putting and short game that need work you spend a little more time on him and he has a, a really, really reliable golf swing and it allows him, in my opinion, in his practice to spend a little more time with the short game and with the putting. And what he did with the putting this week was, was unique, but he, he has been a, a pretty good putter. The, the putting has not been as much of a concern as it has been for Colin Morikawa he he rolls it really nicely it's an it's a really nice stroke so i have far fewer concerns about his putting than i do about his short game the short game's still of concern to me i know he hit some great chips and some great pitches this week i still think there's a little work to be done there um and, and i think the surface of the grass really helped this week the the pass palum is one of the best surfaces the ball sits so nicely on it and it's a it's a great surface to chip off of. So I, I do think that helped him this week, uh, but there's definitely improvements going on. So um, good for him. The, the future is bright. There's no question about it. And he knows, and he said it even in his interview afterwards with, I believe it was with uh, George Savarikas. He said, I still need to work on the short game. And that's a, a really positive thing for me I, I don't think he thinks he's got any he's got it figured out yet and to your point Ricky it just keeps on getting better I tell you what what I'd like to add there Rick to what Greg observed was Victor and this field was strong all right I know it's a resort place on an easier wet soft receptive golf course but this was a pretty sharp field he knocked off and and he left them in his wake as to your observation yeah. but the thing about Victor from my brief encounters with him is he's wonderfully unassuming. And every single one of these guys, every great athlete, really, they're always striving for better. But some of them, you know, majority of them, in my opinion, when they get to a certain level, it's like, okay, I've arrived. I'm the man kind of thing. I do not see that with victories. Now three wins in, and he's still the same smiley, unassuming, um, kind of self-deprecating in a way champion. And I think his upbringing, just his manner, are, are going to help him keep his nose to the grindstone and almost keep things in perspective because stuff starts changing when you're a multiple winner. Stuff starts changing when you win major championships and those sorts of things and FedEx Cups. And he's going to be a factor. We all know this now. And I don't think it's going to go to his head. And if it doesn't go to the athlete's head, there's two things that I always wish on players. No injury and don't let the stuff get inside of your head good and or bad. And, and it just looks like he just takes everything in his stride. And it's, it's, it's refreshing to see. And I'll tell you what, it's a, it's an unmentioned weapon for a, for an athlete. 
He's yeah. comfortable in his own skin. And, there, and there's un- no doubt. Un- underneath that smile is a guy who is very self-motivated, who who looks for things to turn into inspiration. I, next time I talk to him, I, I guarantee it. Snapping that driver shaft or on, on Wednesday is now like, okay, well, I'll just go out and win this with somebody else's driver shaft. Like he takes these little nuggets and he turns them into fuel. And and we saw that this week. Uh, last guy to successfully defend any title we know was Brooks Kepka 2019 PGA Championship. Any guesses? Unless you already know the answer to this, as the guy who did it before Brooks Kepka, if you looked at the outline, you might know. Yeah, I looked at the outline. So cheating, but Paul Casey. Paul Casey at the Valspar. It's basically something that has only been done, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 times in the last 10 years. So there is there is a mindset to that, Greg, right? Knowing that you are not only coming back with uh, a target on you, but now, especially this week where Mayakoba, this was the strongest field this event has ever had. It's just different coming in as the defending champion. Yes, uh, the Kepka one is really impressive to me because it's at one, it's a major; two, it's at a different venue; uh, and three, he also did it at the U.S. Open. So y- when you have the venue change, and this is what we talked about for the Houston Open with Lonto Griffin, you, there's all the negative sides where you come in as the defending champ, and every you're looked at a little differently. You're definitely in a featured group. You're you're uh, you're the defending champion. There's there's a lot more obligation to have with that. But you don't have the same golf course, so your advantages are taken away, and you don't have those same fond memories because it's different. It, it's a new tournament with more pressure. But um, the, one of the big advantages here is he is going to the same golf course, which helps. And you, yes, there's a little more pressure and there's more ancillary things to deal with. But in, and he told you, Rick, in, in the in your podcast with him that it, he feels like a veteran here. Because he's been here a couple times now, and it's it's a place he feels very comfortable, and he feels at home, and it goes a long way. And it showed uh, even after the first round where he 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 played a nice round, it was fine, but he he wasn't the favorite going into the second round, and he just kind of went off over the weekend, uh, it, Friday, Saturday, and um, and what we saw again today. So he was able to take control of the tournament in those in those middle two rounds, and then you go in again as the overnight leader feeling like, Hey, uh, this is really going to happen again. And now some memories start to come back. So it was really cool to see, but it, it's not easy to do. And it's a rare thing. It's an interesting dynamic Mark. And we'll, we'll move on to Carlos Ortiz here in, in just one second, but this is Victor's first victory by more than a stroke. And basically for the entire second nine, he knows he is three, four, sometimes even five shots clear. And that is a, a a mental wrestling match that you have going on. I wonder if there was a lot of comfort with not only uh, his caddy Shea Knight, but also with Taylor Gooch being in the final group, another Oklahoma State guy, to really just kind of focus on the task at hand and get this thing done. I'm sure they might have been. Um, I'm not sure they played on the same team together, but obviously they, you know, yeah, they will. They they have their brothers in arms because of their their allegiance to uh, Oklahoma State. But, you know, when you're in that final group and you're competing for a title, wherever you are, best friends, whatever, you're trying to knock the other guy's block off, let's be, let's be honest. And so there was some of that going on. And I thought Victor kept to his job very, very well. Um, let's not forget that both the other wins that he had, he made birdies on the final hole to close the thing out. 
we here could walk up the final fairway and sort of enjoy it a little bit. But what caught my attention was he had like 15 feet or so, maybe, for birdie on the last hole. And he had the, what, three or four stroke advantage. And he went through the entire green reading uh, routine. And I was like, whoa, if this was me, I would have took st stepped up, had a look, brushed the thing down there, tapped in the next one and got out and went and got the, cel the celebration on the go. But he went through the entire routine and it spoke to me of someone who knows exactly what he's got to do, someone who, who, who takes great delight and pride in his craft and someone who understands that there's value to every stroke, no matter whether you got the big lead or not. And, and that was just so impressive, you know, because it's easy to get caught up in the emotion of the thing on the final hole, but he didn't. And he finished the job. He ran through the proverbial tape, and that speaks a lot to where he is mentally to me. Third PGA Tour victory for Victor Hovland, fourth worldwide. He will be the 10th-ranked player in the world on Monday morning. Congrats to Victor. Let's talk about the rest of this leaderboard. And I, I got to start here with you, Greg, because Mark had Carlos Ortiz in his one and done. So I'm just going to try to put this off for as long as possible. Carlos Ortiz finishes solo second thanks to a Sunday 66. But when I look at his week, it was well-rounded for four days. 67, 65, 67, 66. Played well again on Sunday. When he gets going, when he really starts piling it up, he he's very, very competitive out on this tour. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a very well-rounded player. And, and he is especially good tee to green, which is where this this golf course really asks for that. It's really a, a, a great ball strikers test because the some of the tee shots can be a little bit intimidating. It's not, you know, there there's trouble on both sides, but there is room. But still, it, that's why we always see in the statistics that driving accuracy is a, is a little bit more important than distance out here. There are guys who kind of plotters who can keep the ball in play who end up doing really well. The thing that impresses me about Carlos Ortiz is his ability uh, approaching the green. He was hitting over 75% of his greens of regulation heading into this week. And it had led to some really, really nice play. Aside from the WD at the, at the Zozo, he played some nice rounds at the CJ Cup coming in tied 25th there, 65, 67, 68 in his final three rounds. Um, and, and at the Shriners, even though it's a T 47, it's still three really, really solid rounds, 69, 66, 72, 69. Um, and his missed cut at the Sanderson farms is just simply a pair of 71s. So he's had seemingly one round that has held him back during this year so far. But, um, but, but this week he didn't have that. It was, it was really consistent right from the start, even though he did make a, in, in the first round, he did make a double bogey on uh, the 16th hole, which was uh, a little bit disappointing that 67 could have been better and it could have been a little bit tighter, but he got hot. He got hot on Sunday on the, on the second nine. And it just looked like he was having so much fun with it, which was cool to watch, but he is, uh, he's a, he's a very solid ball striker and a, a lovely iron player. Three quarters of a million dollars, Mark. That's what solo second uh, will get you. <laughs> was that all? We'll get you for Carlos Ortiz and uh, just in the nick of time because he's not only playing well, he is speaking of defending, defending next week in Houston. So uh, no better time than now. Something you need to build into rickrungood.com is fire <laughs> rhythms. Guys play well in certain times of the year. And we I talked about this in, in the setup pod for this event earlier 
this week. But here's the thing to me about Ortiz. Um, he has the luxury because he was the star out of Mexico at one stage. You know, there was Roberto Diaz, who was decent in college, played here at a Division II school. But Carlos came out and was the player of the year on the Corn Ferry Tour. Won three times, got the battlefield promotion. The world was expected of him. Got on the tour and sort of was shown up a little bit, lost his card, and then had to get into the grind. But now he has the luxury of playing almost in Abraham Answer's shadow because Carlos is good. And all of my brushes with him, I'm taken at the fact that he has this thing about him that he really can shoot low scores. Now, I know that sounds a bit trite, but this boy is not afraid of taking four or five under, which is a good round, and turning it into six, seven, eight, because he plays that sort of a game. Now, you could pin it on the ball striking or whatever, but it just never looks to me like he's afraid of anything. And now that he's playing in... A, answer shadow some it looks like he can free will some more and and he had some unreal shots coming down the stretch but more importantly today the boy was a banshee on the greens which is he's kind of a thing when he won at houston last year i was covering it for pga tour live and he went bananas on the final day now again my experiences on the weekend if he's just got a freewheeling he can fill it up from all corners and, and i feel like on a sunday He's not going to back down. He just is not going to. And so uh, I know I'm looking ahead some, and I've spoken about it some, but as a potential president's cupper, he would be dynamite as a partner. And I don't think he would back down f against anybody. We saw that today with Justin Thomas playing alongside. This is why, Rick, you, you could definitely speak to this as well. But this is why the model is the way the model is. Because when these guys who are really solid ball strikers and I, don't, I wouldn't put Carlos Ortiz in the um, in the Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa camp, no. but he's but he's but he's very good. When you take a very a guy who's a very good ball striker and they they start to see it on the greens, they can go and it gets it gets really scary. It's like one domino has to fall and all of a sudden you have sixty one or, or sixty two or or sixty uh, you know a pair of sixty fives or something like that, and it's. It's scary and it's cool to see. So that's where I, I what I see with Carlos is he he is uh, uh, such a solid. Iron, he he gives himself so many good looks, and all of a sudden he starts to see it going in, and he gets excited. and And he's he's one of those players, to your point, Mark, that's hoping for more holes. He's not hoping the clubhouse when he gets under par. He's not hoping the clubhouse comes soon because I want to protect my four under round. He's hope, he's hoping there's more. I want to make more birdies, and that it, it sounds easier said than done. It sounds easy. Like, oh, of course you're playing great. You want to keep on going, but there are a lot of players, and I've been I've been this way myself. Where hey, I'm I'm good at four. I want to I want to get in. Let's get in. Let's not mess this up. He definitely does not have that attitude. Yeah, it's a it's a curious thing for all the golfers listening. That ability to kind of leave first base and try and steal second because when you're four under three under whatever it might be on the tour three under is a good day if you do 69 every day you can have yourself a happy career um but to leave that and still play not stupidly aggressive aggressive cautiously aggressive but you take your chances and you roll putts at the hole but the ability to do that is the ability to put aside what might happen and just go well i see the shot i'm going to go and uh ortiz has that and, and you can't teach that sort of stuff because you either have 
like a performance sort of a mindset or an avoidance kind of a mindset. And when he gets going, it's just all about go. It, it's it's so cool to watch. There are very few guys who are like that. Solo third goes to Justin Thomas. Did not have himself the Sunday he was looking to have, Greg. But I think if you would have asked him on his 12th hole on Thursday morning, if he would take solo third, I think he'd be pretty thrilled with that because here's what happened. First 11 holes of the week, Justin Thomas, three over par. At that point, dead last. Played his final 61 at 21 under to finish solo third. He's unbelievable. <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. I mean, there you when you watch Victor Hovland play, it looks like he, he looks rock solid tee to green. He looks um sometimes he's he's great on the green sometimes he's just good on the greens but it doesn't seem like there's a glaring weakness with the putter for him short game is a weakness we discussed but with jt i look at it i say okay i'm not sure what i'm going to get off the tee he might be a little errant you'll see him lose it right i mean he hit a couple shots that were wayward he's famous for for the big point and and right. he's missed left under uh under pressure he's missed right under pressure on the greens, you I watch him putt, and I know he's going to miss to the right. If if he's got a putt that breaks to the right, I know he's going to miss it right, and he does all the time. And these are like these glaring weaknesses, and it's third, solo third, and he should have won. And he looks back, I, I should have won this third. He is so good. He the other areas of his game are uh, are are so good. Those weaknesses just don't seem to really matter. It's amazing. I mean, a guy who misses as many putts as he does to the right still shoots the scores he shoots time and time and time again. It's amazing. He he blows my mind. Greg, my dear boy, pump the brakes just a little bit. Yeah. It fires me up because I'm a huge fan. Of, and watching him, I'm well, we we all fans because you get these generational talents that come along. And yes, the thing, he is one of those. Third place, where look, when the rinse cycle ends, he's go and he gets on the plane on the way home tonight, he'll be like, he, you know, I'm aggravated, but that's not too bad for my first time out and how long, and I was three over and that sort of thing. And yeah, there's a lot of good. But Justin Thomas defines himself by victories and trophies on the mantelpiece. And if you're hanging out with Tiger Woods and you go and visit him at his place down there in Jupiter, you see lots of those trophies and things, and you hear lots of stories. Puny. Yeah, right? exactly. And so so Justin is aspiring to that sort of thing. And yes, the, the one similarity is where when Woods was bad, he would still contend. And Justin Thomas showed us that. But Tiger Woods lovingly was not playing in Mayakoba. Every event he was playing in was just loaded with elite players. And so Justin, he's so good. I mean... I've got many memories of calling him live, the 59 and this sort of stuff where I'm looked in my, I'm just like, wow. But he, he's, it's time for him to start closing. Now, maybe it's the addition of bones to the bag. I'm not so sure, but there's still a little going to go there, I think. And I know he's making strides in the short game with John Graham, but he needs to start closing out a little bit more now to make him happy. Um, One, one other thing on this that, because I, I agree with you, Mark, it feels like, there's a little too much disappointment, which is a testament to him and all of his abilities because a guy with 15 wins say he's got to start closing sounds crazy. But 
when you watch, that's the way you feel. So the there were a couple of moments for me. The the three putt at five was a, a crusher because you get off to a little bit of a slow start. He makes bogey at two. That's okay. It, it can happen, but you get to a par five. You hit it in two with a great five wood in there, and now this is the this is the turning point, and you three putt, and you feel when when I'm watching that, I'm saying that just that that just ended his chances. It completely ends his chances. Then he birdies six, but hold a great putt. Oh, well, me, well, you're thinking one, what could have been, but two, maybe it didn't end his chances. Gets on seven. He's uh, going for the green and two hits it into the, into the trees. Ends his chances again, makes birdie. Unbelievable uh, birdie, by the way. Unbelievable birdie. <laughs> Where does, what, 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 what is that? Bogey's 12 and then birdie's 13. So he has this fight that is extremely impressive to me. And it's that fiery, I, I'm expecting to win. I'm not expecting to earn a paycheck. Uh, and and he has that kind of grit that I also think you can't teach. Not dissimilar to what we said about some of the guys who can hold their breath and keep going, keep making birdies and keep going lower and lower. He has the ability to uh, to write off the mistakes that he makes errors that he makes, and he doesn't let it get in his head. And that, I talk about this all the time, but that, that miss to the right, that's so consistent on the greens, mm-hmm. the, this concern as a coach with that is that turns into a miss to the left sometimes too. And now you're in this choice. Do, am I going to play putts because knowing that I'm going to miss, right? Am I going to adjust my read? Or am I going to continue to? Re- and now, all when you do that, now your good putts miss left. So it, it's it can really get into your head. And if any of us were in that situation, it would get into our head. But he has this ability to. It, he doesn't. He doesn't care. He's just going to keep on trudging forward and keep on hitting great putts and great shots and keep on making birdies and keep contending. So he he's a, a very very curious case to me. Yeah, there's what there's no doubt that Justin Thomas could fall out of bed and win on the tour. There's no yeah. doubt about that. But that comes with its own mental challenges. Um, and two things I want to highlight quickly, and then we can put a bow on it. First off, when you've had a five-win season as he has, as Jordan Spieth has, you know, it's a precipitous fall from there because when you're winning and everything's easy, it's like, well, I'm just gonna tear it up and go and win again. But then when you start missing and you're not winning and you're not making conversions and then you spend a lead and you're in contention and you make an untimely mistake like a Scheffler or whatever did, that stuff starts to, you know, stack up against one in one psyche. So that's a battle that I think Justin Thomas can win because he sort of watched Jordan Spieth do it as well. Uh, but yes, the thing too, you heard Victor Hovland talking about the right miss on the greens now for Thomas. You heard Hovland after his round saying, look, I've improved around the greens and it's taken pressure off the rest of my game. And Thomas is a prolific iron player. We know that. Um, he's just one of the very best, you know, anywhere from about 175 yards away and in. But when you start missing a bunch of short putts and then you miss the other green, then that turns into bogey. Then you try to start trying to force the issue a little bit more too. And that has a knock-on effect. So look, I'm not the prophet of doom here. I don't want to come across that. But this is the stuff to bear in mind. And and I believe Thomas can circumvent. Uh, I'll take the very optimistic uh, bow on top of Justin Thomas and say he played pretty poorly for 27 holes and finished yeah. third. I think he's going to be just fine. And Dandy, 
Let's talk Taylor Gooch. We don't talk a lot about Taylor Gooch, but Greg, we talked about this on Monday on the DFS preview because he has been stout. He has been piling up great finishes. Unfortunately for him, his Sunday did not go as he would have liked it. It was a Sunday 74. It was three over par. He was in the final group. He ends up finishing T11, and the low light was the double that he made on 18. And in the last couple of times we've seen Taylor Gooch in the final group, this has been the type of result. It's obviously one of those situations where you got to keep knocking at the door. Eventually, the door opens up. Gooch is putting himself in some really good spots, just has to kind of find it on a Sunday. Which is not easy to do again, but maybe the way that he's going to win for the first time is what he did at the CJ cup. Maybe he's a little bit closer and shoot 62 on Sunday and post a number and wins. Uh, maybe he can do something like that. It, it, there's a, there's a different step between winning the way some have, but you know, the, the chasing mentality, we've talked about that a lot where you're able to kind of freewheel. Uh, Carlos Ortiz was able to freewheel today, for instance, and winning the way Victor Hovland did, which is having the 54-hole lead or being in the final group and extending and performing when you know you should win, which which is um, extremely challenging. But he has all the tools. He has all the tools to win. Last year, about this time, um, maybe closer to January, he was a guy I thought would really have a breakout year. Uh, I, I really liked where his game was going, and it, it was a good year, but it, it wasn't the breakout year I expected. We didn't get a win. We didn't really get that many contentions. Um, and, and so I was expecting a little more out of him, but I'm wondering if I'm just a year behind and and this is his year to break out because he's an, he's an excellent iron player. The golf swing is, is gorgeous. I love watching him play. I love watching that golf swing. It's so simple. Um, but yet it, the, the driver could still, he could tighten up the driver a little bit. I, that would be a, a really big step for him. Um, and then, and then around the greens and on the greens, he's uh, better than average. So I, I really like where his game is. I, I think it's trending in the right direction. And he's, my expectation is that he gets a win at some point here soon. I think he can do it. Yeah. It might be next week, Greg, because, uh, last two years in Houston, fourth and fourth playing as well as he is right now. Maybe he just breaks through next week. Mark, I'll give you a little potpourri. Do you want, uh, you want Scotty Scheffler or Matthew Wolf? <laughs> what uh to talk about or for the yeah. rest of the year no you just no not just to talk about <laughs> look I, I'll, I'll go with scheffler and just to talk about gooch just real fast um I, i'm watching twitter right now and everyone's like oh you know everything's a skill not just green reading in response to the green reading rule and everyone's coming out with it's a skill to do this and it's a skill to do that well i want to say that it's a skill to win and he was decent in college but as an amateur, he only had black, I think it was one, you know, win of note. And winning is certainly a skill. And he's come up a little shy in contention. And you, to certain folks, there's so much to deal with mentally, emotionally. There's just a whole lot on the go when you're in contention for an event. And, and I almost feel like for his own good, you know, you'd like to back into a win, kind of like Greg said, where you post and wait. But I think for his own good, being in the final group and being stuck in the turmoil of it all and coming out trumps, that would probably be the best thing for his development as a player because 
he has got ample physical gifts. I mean, that boy can hit it. Trust me, he's a hitter. But he's got to learn to win. And the only way you really learn to win is when you have to hold off folks, when you have to sort of bob and weave and ebb and flow and such. And so I hope for his sake that his first win, when and if it comes, is in that fashion. Um, and then to Scotty, my, I was really high on Scheffler this week. I was surprised at some of the missteps coming down the stretch there because he plays in Texas. He's used to wins and he's a gutsy sort and he just seems to be going from strength to strength. Um, I think it's imminent. It is absolutely imminent, imminent for Scotty Scheffler. And the thing that's so refreshing to me about him is that he just does Scotty. You know, there's no, there's no stuff about him. He doesn't look like he's comparing himself to anyone. I mean, imagine playing as under Jordan Spieth's shadow and sort of being the, the, the bridesmaid to Spieth your entire career. Everywhere he went, right? And and he just he's never changed anything, and he and he doesn't. And he's advised by Randy Smith, who's taught many a great golfer, Justin Leonard, for argument's sakes. So I think it's imminent that Scheffler will will come through and get a victory, and then he'll start to realize too. Okay, I, I'm good. I'm really am good enough to compete. I think he knows it, but that inside belief, that deep down in my soul thing, is all he needs for him to become a multiple winner. Scheffler with a Sunday 66, another one of these guys that can just get absolutely scorching hot. He birdied five in a six-hole stretch from three to eight. That momentum stumbled with a double at 16. He finishes solo fourth at 17 under par. Gentlemen, we've got to do our odds and ends. Ooh, best bets. Not pretty. One and done, a little bit better. We're going to take a look at that, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance 
against Jogger because I, I like the Jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other Joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Best bets. 0 and 4. We oh, oh, really? Yeah. You. <laughs> uh, Coach had Horschel over Scheffler. Nope. Mark, you had Graham McDowell as the top Irishman. You got Seamus. Seamus Power got you. Mm, terrible. <laughs> Happy for Seamus, but bad for me. Which doesn't even make sense because maybe it's North. How does that work, Jacob? Because Seamus is Republic of Ireland. Yeah, let's revisit this. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's yeah. not it's Northern yeah, Irishman. No, I think what it's is just, it? it's usually, it's Ireland altogether, usually. I mean, they... Okay, so it was Seamus that got it. Rory yeah, would be included lump, in that. Yeah, they lump Rory into those as well. Okay, just making sure. So I didn't want you to get a... I'm, I'm sitting in a petition now. <laughs> yeah, we need to not go into further detail. I was trying. I was Keep trying to find a win anywhere that I could. Uh, I had Will Zalatoris over Matthew Wolf. Kyle had uh, this is this is a tough one because Kyle Kyle had Gooch over Lowry and Wolf, which Gooch had all day long. And then he doubled the last. And then he doubled the last. And Greg, you just made out like a bandit because you didn't make a pick, so you're really the big winner this week. Yeah, I'm a push. Sometimes I just looked at that board. I didn't like it. I didn't like any of them. Uh, I'm kidding. I wish I abstained as well. Um, what it done. Okay. Oof. We've got some movement. We only picked three different golfers this week. At the bottom, Sia Najad went with Aaron Wise. He got 109,800, moves his season long total to 394,450. Kyle also went with Aaron Wise. Moved his season-long total to $527,052. Greg Ducharme, you were the third and final member of the team to go with Aaron Wise. $109,000 for T15. Your season-long total now $1.9 million. But were you wishing, uh, you know, did you have bigger dollar dreams when Wise was going out as one of the first-round leaders and was really in this thing for two rounds? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> It, it was looking so good. He was on fire early. He was the guy chasing down Kirk, um, you know, in the, in the first round. And it was, I do this other, another game on a, a, a different show. And I was, I had, it's not a one and done. It's just, you can pick a player at any, any time and everybody gets one guy. And I had, uh, and there's an order. So you can't have the same two people can't have the same guy. And mm. JT was still on the board. And I, I wanted Aaron Wise so bad, and I I teeter-tottered, and I ended up going with JT, and early I was kicking myself. I knew Wise was the guy. Aaron Wise is the guy this week. He's, he's um, just glowing there in front of me. Why did I go with JT? Turned out to be the right play. 
but um but Aaron Wise looked like the play all week. I can't kick myself for this. Um maybe you could it's always easier to say you should have had Hovland, but um <laughs> I, you know, the the thing, the one reason why you don't pick Hovland is cuz he won last year and it's so rare that you get a defending champ to win. So that that might be the the one thing, the one kicker, but I'm ultimately it was the right pick and just because he didn't um, have the best of weekends, you know, this is, this is golf. What can you do? The next three slots belong to coach Jacob and myself. We all had Billy Horschel T 33, 37,594 moving our season long totals for the coach to 1.9 million for producer Jacob to 2.33. And I edge him out at 2.36, but the big winner of the week is the man who is already at the top of the leaderboard that yeah that's him mark gimelman who went with carlos ortiz solo second seven hundred eighty four thousand eight hundred dollars to move your season long total mark to 4.2 million too clear of the rest of the chase pack you guys need a players championship to catch up with me right now <laughs> For six events events in. Yep. Hey, hey, hey. And my boy one putted, I think, five of the last six greens, including like a 25-footer on the last for par to uh, get solo second. It was fun to watch. Um, But he was showing to me, like Greg said earlier in the, the tournament Thursday, he was alongside Abraham Anser and Sergio Garcia. And just cruising along, hitting decent shots, didn't get much airtime, but he was sort of lurking at two, and then he made a few birdies, and all of a sudden got to like six, and then made a double. But just, you know, it was always moving forward, even despite the mistake. It didn't look like it got him down, and today I think he rode some of the the home fans' emotion, and uh, man, what a back nine. Last few, last six holes he put on to uh, get that second solo. Mark's had three separate weeks this year. No. <laughs> four separate weeks in which he's made at least $760,000. McNeely got you 805 at the Fortinet. Wolf got you 763 at the Shriners. Hideki got you the full 1.8 at the Zozo. And Carlos Ortiz got you 784,000. Um, it, it's, it's been, a, it's been an unbelievable start, but there is, we are not even at, like we are not even, uh, eight percent through this season are we hey, hey where's our commissioner because he was all like oh and i'm gonna have like event for for like the first six events there'll be a prize and there'll be a prize after halfway i'm like dude where are you i've not i've not heard a peep from him in the last i don't know weeks uh, it, okay greg is there anything uh <laughs> is there anything worse than when mark's leading the one and done because he just <laughs> never he just never lets us forget this no there's nothing worse. Um, it's, it's, there's it's nothing how worse. I train myself. That this, I do not have much competition anymore. I've de- I've benched. The, I, I'm no longer a college coach. I don't play anymore. This is the only competition I get, man. Come on. This now. is this is the I heat of that. the battle for you. This is yeah, it. This is. But well, we have. This is the heat of the battle for us too, and we don't like losing. <laughs> you shouldn't. But we need this to average out. We need the. We need this thing to start to. To settle down and in, in our I favor. Take a few weeks off, Greg. I'll, I'll take the last two events off. You want that? I'll put myself in the penalty box. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> we need. Yeah, to start why don't you adding... just, just take uh, Carlos Ortiz again in Houston? That's what yeah. we need. Do a calm move. 
We need to start adding like um, the Bryson Brooks match. Like that'll be like eight million bucks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just add that. Flip, flip a coin for that. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. But that those are the current standings. Mark four point two million at the top of the list, gentlemen. Before we get out of here on Mayakoba and turn our attention to Houston, and we've got two regular events left. We're going to go Houston RSM classic. There will be a hero world challenge. We'll have the Brooks and Bryson match the Friday after Thanksgiving. So there's plenty of golf coming up, but gentlemen, before we get out of here and put a bow on Mayakoba, anything else before we do? Yeah. So, I want to Mayakoba. <laughs> that place looks unreal. I mean, I love the, 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 the Mayan Riviera, but that place looks peachy. Oh, I gotta go. Did you see it looks like there are, uh, I don't know if they're villas, but I guess when you stay on the resort, like your your little room backs up into that body of, into the river there. It's like your own private little. Yeah, you get yeah. that by boat. Dang, nice. That looks yeah, cool. it, it's really cool. I totally, I agree. Uh, it's been kind of added to my list of I, I love the tropical scene like that it just has mm. such a cool feel and i would love to go to a resort like that and when you have a golf course like that to go to um that definitely helps i think producer jacob we should go do a few podcasts from down there huh rick you can do the reads we can we, we can do the rest yeah, let's go. So go where's ad sales? Let's get ad sales on this. Um, the other thing is, did you guys notice the trophy was updated this yeah, year? Yeah, colored, colorful. Oh, awesome. Amazing. Yeah, you can't have a chameleon be all white or whatever like it was last year. It got the full upgrade to the, the full color version. It, it is a top-notch trophy now. Yeah, where does that rank for you, Rick? I know you're a big trophy guy. It's top seven or so. Uh, what about how does it compare with the Sanderson Farms? Sanderson Farms is very, very good, and uh, the the rooster. You know, imagine Sam yeah. Burns, right? Remember Sam right. Burns, and then Bryson right. tweeting it out. Yeah, that that one. Um, that's a good one. The I still think Rocket Mortgage is great because it's the circle, and then it come it comes out of its own base. So it's like two trophies in one. That's top notch. Actually, the Bermuda the Bermuda Trophy is pretty strong. Uh, because Bermuda goes into, they dive into the Bermuda triangle. It's a, it's a right. triangle, which is such a sharp move. I don't know if I would have made it wood, but it's a pretty good trophy. Here we go. Well, I, I like the, oh, too. look at it right hot off the presses. I have not seen this yet. There it is. Victor with the colorful version of the chameleon trophy that can go with his all white version. Very cool. You love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Good job, Jacob. I had not seen that yet. Very good. It would be cool if they made it where the winner could personalize it in a way. I don't know how you do it. It's, it, it's impossible. But if it all of a sudden became like a Norwegian flag or an Oklahoma State uh, chameleon, that, that would okay. be great. So do you, have, do you guys have in your – sorry, Jacob, go ahead. I was gonna say, like to Greg's point, this looks like whenever you were a kid in school and you would like glaze, you know, you would get like some animal and then you would paint it out of the out of clay. Like yes. this looks like what that is. Do you guys have in like any town near you? Like in my hometown, there was uh or the couple towns over, there was just like bears out in front of all of these businesses and they were all painted differently. And sometimes you go to other towns and they'll be like some type of animal. That's do you, you guys know what I'm talking about? That That's what they should do. That's what they should do for this trophy. Greg. Like a, they like just a let Victor paint it. <laughs> Cause it's like, a chameleon. They change colors all the, you know, it'd be it, the winner gets a yeah custom paint job. I, I like that idea. Rick, would that be like uh like high schools around here? I'll have 
different big rocks in front of them and then you paint them for like the pep rally or you know yeah. school spirit day yes paint them every year champ gets or to paint it or or a custom paint job for the champ is probably better because i don't think we want these guys actually painting it it's probably not very pretty <laughs> yeah that, uh, that's a good point <laughs> all right i got was better I was better than I thought it was going to be. Here we go. That'll do it for this week's Mayakoba Championship. We'll be back on Monday for a DFS preview pod for the Houston Open. Big thanks to producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD and Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.